The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Know what to do. Mm -hmm. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Yeah, welcome into another episode of Judd's Hockey Show with Declan Goff. We are here during this time of quarantine and social distancing. Not talking about, unfortunately, hockey that's ongoing because there are no sports ongoing right now, Declan. So we've had to make it up as we go along. Last week we did what? We did our uh, top 10 wild players of all time, correct? Yes, sir. And uh, that was a wonderful experiment. I think it got enormous uh, downloads. Oh, yeah. Did absolutely fantastic. Record-setting downloads, baby. Absolutely. We are back this week um, to delve again into a into lists that we have put together for the wild. One is going to involve goaltending. And when we get to that, I'm going to let you explain that completely. Because yes. I think I'm going to, if I try and explain that off the top, screw that up. And that's not where we're going to start either. We are going to start with what I think is going to be a pretty fun list. That would be each of us are going to go through our top five, what I call most reviled wild players. That's right. The guys who drove you crazy. The guys who <laughs> every time they took the ice, if you were at the X, you'd say, boo, you stink. Or why is Jacques or Todd Richards or Mike Yo or uh, Torchetti or Boudreaux, Dean Evison. Why is he playing that guy? So we are going to start with the top five wild players that we each have picked on our own independently. I don't know what you have. You don't know what I have. Of players who rubbed you for whatever reason. It might be performance, whatever your reasonings are. And we'll start with you, Declan. The top five guys that you recall who drove you nuts or those around you nuts. So some of these are Declan specials and some of these I do defer to the fans. Okay. So I, I didn't want to just do all Declan because as much as I love making things about myself, Judd, as you know, as no, you've known over the years, I did take in some fans' perspective. So number one, and I think this I, this is one for me and this is one for the fans, Benoit Pouliot. Let's just get it right out the gate here, okay? <laughs> I, I love it. Um, a guy who I believe was the third overall pick in the NHL draft in 2005. Uh, that was a loaded draft. And had high expectations. Everyone thought that this kid was going to be basically the next guy we can compliment with Gabrick. Oh, we got finally got a top three pick again. This will all be great. And man, did it not work out very well for Benoit Pouliot, who actually, you know what? I'll give him credit. He turned out to have a decent little career and a decent little run. He hung around afterwards. He definitely did. He hung around longer than I thought he would. But, I mean, he was the fourth overall pick in the 2005 NHL draft. And just in terms of prospects, Judd, that had hype, and even I, I was only 12 or 13, and I could gratify, and you can speak more of it because I know you were covering the team around then too, the hype for Benoit Pouliot was real. Like, it wasn't like that this kid wasn't legit. <laughs> yeah, fourth overall pick. Fourth overall pick in the NHL uh, draft in 2005, which uh, fi- figured, uh, excuse me, featured a few guys by the name of Sidney Crosby, Bobby Ryan, Jack Johnson, and below him, who went after Benoit Pouliot, Judd? Carey Price, 
um, Anze Kopitar. You know, I just can a tell few you, guys. I can tell you about that lottery, that draft lottery coming out of the lockout, right? Because I covered it. And I remember being in St. Paul. I think it was at, was it at the, the Wild facility or the X? I forget. The media was there as they were doing it, okay? So they're going through. And because the season was canceled, I forget exactly what the format was. But the Wild kept dropping in a good way. You, you know, you got like the ninth pick goes to, and the envelopes keep coming, right? And this is the Sidney Crosby draft. And I remember looking at Tommy Thompson, who who was uh, Doug Riseborough's right-hand guy at the time, and like you can see him start to be like, oh my God, oh my God, what's <laughs> happening? Because this doesn't happen here. Minnesota doesn't get draft lottery luck, right? right? Right. And so I remember, to your point, it got to, to the fourth pick and the Wild got pulled, but that still should be a good pick. But I just remember the flirtation with, are they really, could this happen? Right. Could you imagine? Because Sidney Crosby was the known commodity, and this was a a, a transformational, a generational talent. Right. Um, one, could I imagine it? No, not really. But just to go from the excitement of, is this really going to happen to, <laughs> with the fourth pick, the Minnesota Wild takes Benoit <laughs> Puglia, to your point, uh, was quite the uh, quite the fall, and unfortunately... The riser didn't have so, the, the riser had some tough drafts, and that would qualify. Yeah, sixty-five games for Benoit Pouliot with the Wild, just eighteen points, nine goals, and nine assists, and then was traded to Montreal for one of my favorite random athletes, Judd Guier Latam Dress, who oh, also yeah. flamed out, who came here, scored twenty-five goals in like forty-five games, yeah. and then showed up to the training camp out of shape. And I'm going down on tangent, but uh, Benoit Pouliot is definitely on the list. I think for a lot of Wild fans, their most revived player. Okay. You're up. My top one? Uh, anyone. You can go from descending to ascending. I don't care how you do this. This uh, is a you thing. All right. Because the goalie thing's mine. Okay, that's a good point. All right, I'm going to start. So I've got my five names here. I, I think I'll start at the bottom of my list and go up. Okay. At the bottom of my list is a guy who only played 10 games as a member of the franchise. Okay. But the trade for him at I, the deadline by Doug Riseborough oh. ca- caused as much of a spark, I think as much passion as far as the hatred for a move. Okay, now I know I think is. as I've seen, and by passion, I don't mean grumbling. I mean out and out. Did you just acquire a guy who spent time in the pokey? Chris Simon. Chris Simon. The Chris Simon trade <laughs> oh, was man. that Wilds team's splash move. He had uh, obviously was a goon, and he was a goon. I don't think he was, he would not be just, oh man, he's a tough guy. He was seen as being on this team for one reason. He had obviously been disciplined by the league before, and Weiser goes and gets him. And I'm talking about people spitting fire, the fan base. I'm talking about people being legitimately mad. And so, was this all Chris Simon's fault? No. Was he reviled from the moment he stepped on the XL Energy Center ice? Absolutely. So I forgot about he only Chris played. Simon. He only played uh, statistically ten games. Yep. No points. Minus one. Not surprisingly, sixteen penalty minutes for Chris Simon. But Chris Simon is my number <laughs> five reviled. It was short but sweet. Wild player. Okay, I dig it. So this one actually, this is another fan one. But for me, actually, I have defended this guy, but I understand the hatred for him. Okay. It's very in the same ballpark as Chris Simon. Matt Cook. 
Matt Cook, mm-hmm. who was signed here. Mm-hmm. Um, after we all know what happened as a Vancouver Canuck, and he served a lengthy, lengthy suspension for that, and then went to Pittsburgh, and basically you, you plugged you or I or Phil Mackiel on with Pittsburgh, you're going to score double-digit goals and be a 40-point guy. Kind of turned his game around a little bit, cleaned it up, became a little more force in front of the net. Again, I think playing with Sydney helps. Came here and thought, okay, a nice enforcer. I think people knew that the image was changed, but still a guy that you don't want to mess with and and a guy that brings size. And man, I, I think people just despised this guy. And look, Matt Cook is not the most gifted hockey player. That's obvious. Yep. But I do think there was a little bit of misconception just because of what he did in Vancouver and, and the perception around him. I think it wasn't as bad as the fans made it out to be, but man, did the state of hockey despise this dude. Yes, and so a few things off of Matt Cook's tenure here, Declan. What, one was I wouldn't call him an enforcer. He was what Tom Wilson of the Capitals is now. Yeah. Just a drive-by cheap shot guy. Right. But you're right. He had cleaned his, He had found God in Pittsburgh and had cleaned his act up and I think things were okay here until the cheap shot on, was it Tyson Berry That's in the right. playoff series that Took got him a lengthy suspension? That's right. And there was, of course, and, and this this happens with these guys, Wilson, Matt Cook, take your pick. This happens every time. Was it intentional? Are we looking at too much? But the thing about it is they hit to hurt. And so I think Matt Cook was okay until the Tyson Berry hit, and, and then it hurt the team. And we all said, you're the same old guy. But yes, it, the fact that, that he had played for the Canucks that during a time when Wild fans especially couldn't stand the Canucks is a legitimate one. And didn't he have, what was it a run-in with Jason Marshall of the Wild back in the day? Possibly during the Marshall was, was sort the of Canucks, a tough guy. The Canucks I era? Yeah, I wouldn't call him a goon, but I thought there was something with Jason Marshall and Matt Cook too. Sure. But that's a good one because, yes, I don't think that Matt Cook was ever accepted here. So reviled's a good term for that. All right. Who you got? All right. So my number uh, five was Chris Simon. My number four, Marty Havlett. Oh, yeah. He's on mine, too. Marty Havlett. Poor, hun- kind of poor Marty Havlett. Yeah. Though. Well, we... So he, he had been with the Blackhawks. Then, if I recall correctly, the Blackhawks got Marion Hosa, yep. who's a really good... Who was a really good player. Yeah. And Havlett was... Not nearly that good. 151 career games with Minnesota. 40 goals, 76 assists, 116 points, minus 29. Uh, Through no fault of his own, I felt from the moment he stepped on the ice here, he was doomed to fail. Didn't you? I felt like he was, it was always going to be, is that really all you're going to do, Marty Havlett? I didn't think that he had a great chance here. And he, you know, was not a great player. But that was an experiment that uh, that was certainly not looked upon kindly, I think, by a lot of Wild fans. Well, and also I think the the layer we you left out there, too, is that's the same summer Gabrick left. So essentially he was supposed yeah. to fill Gabrick's need. And that Blackhawks team was coming off a, not a Stanley Cup run because they didn't, they didn't go to the Cup yet. But they were starting to build up. Kane and Taves were starting to take their place. And you're right that... He came here from Chicago on a good team, and unfortunately, because Gabrick left, I mean, my brother and I were absolutely jacked when they signed him. Because we were like, oh, here we go, we got a, our good replacement. And then we watched him play, and it was like, oh, no, this is not going to go very well. And Martin right. Havlett, um, I even saw a guy, I think it was the last home game, Judd, of this season, someone with a Martin Havlett jersey. 
and Russo, I, I, I noticed it, and so did Michael Russo, and he said to me that he hated playing here. I don't know if uh, he absolutely despised it here in Minnesota. I don't know if you had anything to say on it either, but apparently the guy just absolutely despised playing here in Minnesota. So poor Martin Havlett, which also, though, it translates perfect to my reviled player, the okay. next one on my list, okay? because Martin Havlett was traded for this player. Yeah, he's on my list too. Danny Heatley. Yeah, he's my Poor heater, too. man. I mean. He was toast. Yeah. He was cooked. And I've heard it's been numerous reasons. Um, a, he was never really a gifted skater. Uh, the eye thing, he he has the Scherzer eyes with one's different color and one's a different pupil, and I've heard that is also an issue why he never fit here. I don't know if I, I think the car, that. I think the car crash basically yeah. derailed him completely. Yeah, but he, I mean, the thing is, though, Judd, even after the car crash, he still put up three... 250 goal seasons, 240 goal seasons. Like it, it yes, it probably started a, t- right, a deterioration. Shot, yeah. Um, but he came here, I still think, with high hopes, and he scored 24 goals in his first season. And you kind of thought, okay, if that, if we can get that Heatley consistently, and it, he, he cooled off at the end of that first season, but he had, I think, 20 plus goals before the All Star break, and he kind of thought, okay. You know, is he a 50-goal guy? No, but this guy can still do something. Uh-uh. Did not work out too well for Danny Heatley. But as I've told you numerous times, he does not get enough credit for leading the breakout pass that led to the Nino Niederreiter Game 7 win over Colorado. Go watch the play, and you tell me who starts that. It's Danny Heatley. Standing still? Yes, on top of the boards. Yeah. Shoves it to Brodziak. Yeah, exactly. Brodziak to Nino! The poor guy couldn't move anymore. I know. It was I sad. And, and the thing about him was... For Gopher fans who saw him play for the Badgers. That's right. I mean, he was such oh, a special player. Yeah. A young, and, and he did have the great hands. Um, but yeah, I thought by the time, ultimately, by the time he got here, he, he was so cooked. But he was traded straight up for Havlet, right? Yeah, straight up. So the thing was, and I still recall that trade because it was made on a July, on the night of July 4th. And that trade gets made, and I'm like, what? Huh? But you talk about two guys who had uh, probably worn out their welcomes in the cities that they were playing in, in Havlet here, Heatley with the Sharks. And, uh, yeah, Heatley, it's funny. Havlet, Heatley, the wild, you can go through the names of a lot of guys who at one time were really damn good somewhere and got here, and it was just too late. I, I mean, Terry Ryan, Twins era. Yeah. And Same it, thing. And it doesn't mean that the players were terrible here. But they didn't have that next gear. They didn't have that, that next oomph that they did in their uh, previous stops. Who else you got on your list? Oh, it's not going to surprise you. So third, I am with you. We both have Heatley. So I go si- uh, Chris Simon, Martin Havlett, Danny Heatley. And then second on my list, because I think my first one might surprise you. I'm not sure. But second on my list, I got to go with my guy. Another guy who looked, just looked completely broken down upon arrival. And I don't think he scored his first goal in a wild in a wild jersey after signing as a free agent until Thanksgiving of his first year here. That's our guy, former golfer Thomas Vanek. Thomas Vanek, I've always said this: the Vanek era in a wild jersey, Declan Goff, to me looks like the old school um, table hockey games where guys are on stanchions and you move them up and down. But they can't really, they're not flexible. Like, they can't go outside of their slot. And so they go down their slot, and then they come back up, and then they go down, and they're slow, and they're rusty, often in the old-school table hockey that I had. That was Thomas Vanek. It was, and there are people to this day that will say he was miscast. That's me. They didn't find centers for him. That's me, too. 
But Thomas Vanek, to me, ultimately also looked very much like a guy who was breaking down. And I don't ever know that he really embraced the sport as passionately as I thought he might. Sure, I can, I'll give you that one. I think I'll give you the last one as I, I can completely agree with you on that, that maybe he, he saw the money. I actually, funny story, two days before he signed, I was at Champs in Woodbury on the patio and I looked over to my right and it was Mike Yo and Thomas Vanek probably orchestrating cool. the contract. School. Yeah, I, I was there and I was I, I taking a picture. I was with a family friend. And they said, I think that's Mike Yo. And I looked over and Mike Yo looks like every, you know, biology teacher that ever they talked existed. about that. Yeah. In and, the press conference, because I think that's that's the one where Vanek assured everybody and their brother. I'm all in. Right. And I remember I was trying to figure <laughs> out who it was because this guy was wearing a very low brim golf hat and, I, and he was he was clearly trying to hide himself mike you, you can pick you can figure out who he is pretty quickly and i'm like sure. if that's vanek i'm gonna lose my mind that the we're, we're gonna get him we're gonna get him and this was a guy who was a sniper at the u of m good career in buffalo i know he got traded twice in the one season before he even came here to minnesota um but when vanek left he still had a nice little career he scored 24 goals for Florida and Detroit. Yeah, but I mean, he kept bouncing. He bounced around. I don't... Do you know the tip-off? The tip-off about him, which there probably was not enough time as a Wild fan or even perhaps as a GM to see, but the tip-off to me was he got traded from Buffalo to the Islanders. Correct. The Islanders offered him a pretty good contract, and he turned it down because he wanted to hit the open market. So they traded him to Montreal. And in that playoff run that that Montreal had that, that year, and I don't know if they went around or two, but anyway... He ended up on the fourth line. Yeah. And that was the tip-off to me that that's odd. Right. Like, if you could score goals like he can, how the hell are you ending up on the fourth line? And that was the first tip-off of, once you saw him play here, I'm like, oh, okay, I sort of get it now. And then he bounced around, and and yeah, it was, that is among the most disappointing to me, free agent signings of a guy who you knew eventually was going to be here. Do you, mm-hmm. do you recall, Declan, how long we talked about, well, Vanek's going to be with the oh, Wild? years. Was it three years? Yeah, and I even think I even think um, first Parise Suter era 2013, I mean, they were trying to trade for him. I mean, it was a whole thing. They were, they were targeting him forever. They knew July of 2014, eventually he'd be a free agent. But I know, yeah, they, they wanted him here immediately. I also think he just never fit here in Minnesota. He didn't fit the style. So he was like set up for failure from the start. He had to play with Kyle Brodziak. He's a one-way player on a team that has tons of back checkers. It wasn't going to work, man. And I feel bad for him. I feel himself. bad for him. He I know. Help, he didn't help himself. I know. That's a two-way street. Okay. So, so far I've listed Benoit Pouliot, Matt Cook. I had Vanek on the list. I also have Heatley on the list. And I have Havlet, but I'm going to go a, a step further here. Most reviled players in wild history as far as we're concerned. Cam Barker. I mean, Cam I'm glad Barker. You don't by, agree with me. I've got a defenseman too, but I love it. But that's a good one. This one's almost by default. It, it wasn't yep. Cam Barker necessarily didn't do anything nope. too badly. You can let stop me, right there. Let me be careful. He didn't do anything. anything. Period. <laughs> you could just stop right there. And the poor guy uh, was part of the Nick Letty trade. I mean, can you imagine if the Wild would have gotten Letty instead of Cam Barker? And the Wild also shipped off Kim Janssen. So they, they shipped off a veteran defenseman, which is whatever, a throwaway a guy in Kim Janssen. And then they draft Nick Letty and think, okay, we can do something here. Also a local kid, which the Wild never do. The yep. Wild never take local kids. Gophers. And Eden then you Prairie. trade him for Cam Barker? Who had been a very high draft pick, had completely washed out. Oh, man. It and, didn't. and how Chuck got fooled into that trade, I will never com- 
quite understand completely. And, and you know, he had a he was coming off that forty point season a few years ago in Chicago. Like I said, the Blackhawks dynasty was starting, but it did not work out very well for Cam Barker. Seventy one games, a net minus twelve, just twelve points, and playing seventeen minutes a night too. Yeah, poor. He was out of the league at twenty six. Wow, poor Cam Barker. All right. So I go Chris Simon, Marty Havlett, Danny Heatley, Thomas Vanek. And I'm sure there's some folks being like, Vanek's not your number one, but he's not. Okay, he's number Because I am going to give you a guy I think might be the most reviled player who played a fairly decent stint here. He played, he's a defenseman. He played 259 games. He had eight goals, 48 points. And I honestly think from just a pure hockey perspective, might be the most hated player that I ever saw wear the wild jersey. I really People don't. were down on this guy constantly. They were screaming at him. His name, Martin Skula. Oh, Skula. Martin Skula yes. might be. So let's let's strip away anything about being, because he was not a fighter. He did, you know, Chris Simon, the tr- people hated him because they hated the trade. He was a goon, okay? I honestly think that, I heard more people complain and be and moan about Martin Skula and Martin Skula's propensity, if you recall, to turn pucks over. (laughs) Like, he'd be coming out of the zone and he'd get stripped. Skula, you suck! (laughs) I really think Martin Skula... I mean, that's still... Declan, to this day, and Martin Skula played here from... Hold on, I got it written down. From 2006 to, to 2009. So he has not played here since 2009. I still vividly remember how despised Martin Skula was. Yeah, that's a really good one. And I know I, some honorable mentions, too. I thought that he would he would get be kicked in there. I remember him, too. He was definitely a frustrating player. I probably was too young to remember how much the state of hockey hated him. I probably didn't take into that. The fans hated his that's guts. That's amazing. And, yeah. He'd lose the puck. He'd get oh, intercepted man. on passes. I love it. I mean... And I, I feel like the list that you and I have gone through are, are pretty universal. You know, like there's some honorable mentions. Martin Hansel kind of falls into the Cam Barker category of, yeah. by default, he didn't necessarily do anything. It was what he didn't do. Right, but he didn't do enough where I could understand the frustration. Right. And, you know, even guys like Ante Nietman. Remember Ante Nietman? Yes, I do. And do you remember the nickname for Ante Nietman? No, I don't. Ante missed the net again. Which is a great nickname, had, by the way. He had played in Dallas, correct? I think so, yeah. Okay. And even I do not I did not know that Ante missed the net again was his nickname. That's how about good. this one too for now? I mentioned Todd for Duke. Do you remember Todd for Duke? Oh yeah. That's oh, another one that I, Fedoric, I've gotten to. Fedoric. Right? Yeah, Todd Fedoric. I've read that wrong. Yeah. Fedoric. And even but I would try to think of guys that are on this current team. And I know people there's people that get frustrated with Ryan Suter, but like he's not hated in my opinion. Oh he, no, 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 no. And he, like he makes a lot. And so the expectations are high for him, but I do not think he's despised. Like, Charlie Coyle was frustrating, but he wasn't. I mean, he was no, loved. Was I he mean, was he was probably one of the most loved Ryan players. Liked. Nino. Nieder, yeah. So Niederreiter was liked. I, I feel like it was, it's been a while, probably since Matt Cook, Vanek, these last four years of the of the Wild, that you just really don't hate anyone. And the fans, I think, kind of feel the same I way. I do have one for, for you. Okay. My first off my, my list, I considered him because he was acquired in, in a trade. He did not play here for long. In fact, he was supposed to help them in a playoff stretch that um, they fell short in. Marty Hansel. Yeah, right. But that's just a disappointment yeah, there. It, I don't think, and, and I think you need, 
he, it was disappointing that he didn't do more. He's done now, too. He, he was forced to retire because of uh, injuries. But, yeah, and if you go through, you're right. If you go through this current team, there's frustrating players. But I'm trying to think, who's the guy now who drives you the most up the wall on the current roster? Who is a guy that drives you absolutely crazy? Dumba, oh. Dumba did at times previously, but I don't know as much now. I guess maybe a little bit? I got one for you. Okay. Brad Hunt. Brad Hunt drives me absolutely oh, you, insane. But that's, that's a you problem. Right. People love Brad Hunt's the nicest guy there is. Well, I don't understand Hunt, how a third pairing defenseman I think gets Ma- top power. I think him. Matthew Dumba um, yeah. at times drives people rightfully crazy. But the thing with that guy is he's got so much skill that if he unleashes it, like exactly. he did before he got hurt two exactly. years ago now, he's a fantastic player. Yeah, he's got shortcomings defensively, but with that much offensive talent, Brent Burns could drive you crazy. But guess what? He became yeah. a phenomenal offensively skilled player who, yeah, he'd screw up defensively, but he got so many points for the Sharks, you didn't care. All right, quickly recapping here before we transition to our goalie tandem, which, which I'm I, very excited for. I know you are, Jerry. Um, so my list had Benoit Pouliot, Matt Cook, Thomas Vanek, Cam Barker, Martin Havlett, Danny Heatley. All right, and I went uh, I went Chris Simon, Marty Havlett, Danny Heatley, Thomas Vanek, and my number one former wild <laughs> blue line standout, Martin Scola. All right, explain the goaltending premise. Okay, so there's been a lot of wild goaltenders in, the, in, in their tenure. There's been some highs, there's been some lows, there's been stability, and there's been instability. So I want to do an exercise with you, Judd. Okay. I'm going to give you seven goaltenders. Okay. And the criteria for this is these goaltenders had to have made 10 appearances in a season for the Wild. So I'm sorry to the John Currys of the world, the Anton Hudobins, you don't count. I looked up this list last night. It's fantastic. They don't count. I got you. So there's seven goalies here, and in a fantasy hockey season, you have to pick two as your tandem for a season. Does that make sense so far? Mm -hmm. Okay, so these are the seven goalies that you can choose from for two. Jamie McLennan. Mm-hmm. Josh Harding, mm-hmm. Jose Theodore, like the accent there, uh, Matt Hackett, Matt Hackett, Darcy Kemper, Ila Brizgalov, mm-hmm. Alex Stalock. And by the way, I, I I I had some pushback from people that said I can't put Josh Harding on this list. Absolutely, I can. Why, wait, why can't you? I think because the year before he was forced to retire, he was he won the Jennings Trophy and he was absolutely unbelievable, but he was also here for such a long time and it took him five, six years to really get a crack at it. No, so yes, right. Josh Harding is a, belongs on this list. So again, those seven goaltenders, Jamie McLennan, yep. Josh Harding, yep. Jose Theodore, Matt Hackett, Darcy Kemper, Eli Brzezgolov, Alex Stalock, who would be your two goalies that you would roll in a season with? Mix match from any era. All right. So I did some statistical digging last night. Oh, I did wow. some work. Oh, I did my homework. I had a lot of eye test on, this, on one. this Well, yes, that too. But I came up with these two. And by the way, I'm only taking them during their tenure in Minnesota. Yeah. So yes. like Theodore, I'm not saying, well, he was really good in Montreal and then I could have him. No, I'm only taking what he did statistically as a member of the Wild. Okay. And he was 34 in 2010 and 11 the season he was here. Brizgolov was 33, 2013-14 when he played here. So I'm looking at these guys only for what they did with the Wild. And my tandem, my duo, Josh Harding and Darcy Kemper. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit of a stretch. This is not an easy exercise. No, it's this not. Is not. I toyed with Staylock a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I figured you were going to lead with Staylock. I that was my money. Outside of Staylock, it, it came down to three for me. It came down to Staylock, Kemper, Josh Harding. But 
just going with wild days, their days playing here, I went Kemper and Harding. Well, this is great because those are neither of my guys. So nice. this is going to work out really well. Perfect. So mine are Brizgalov. Easily. He was awesome. Because, and he's more for, because yeah, he's insane. Oh, he's nuts. And you know what? I know Dubnik came here and, and played very well, and it's probably the greatest trade in franchise history. However, mm-hmm. the Brizgalov trade was needed too, and he won a few playoff games when the Wild did go to game six in, in against Chicago. Didn't he struggle big time in a playoff yeah, series? Yeah, Kemper for basically them? took things over. By, I think, the Chicago series, if not even the um, Colorado series. They're rolling with both. Okay. And it's actually, it's when you look in the grand scheme of things, the fact that they were able to take a Chicago Blackhawks team to six games with Brizgoloff and Darcy Kemper in that was pretty remarkable. Okay. But Brizgoloff is my number one. Okay. Easily. And then I'm going Jose Theodore. I totally am. I'm going the back, my backup route. Why? I, what are I, you doing? I, I'm totally using, I'm going against your logic, and I'm trying to catch lightning in a bottle with a veteran goaltender who has been around there a few times. He's a perfect backup goalie. That's my logic with it. So I'm going Briz and Theodore. I know the logical answer, which you know I never do, would be Josh Harding as your number one. Yes. But I, I'm a not healthy for, Josh Harding if he was healthy. Yeah, you're right. But I'm not, I'm not for logic. I'm for Declan purposes. And we go. <laughs> you sound like Larry David. We, we, we go uh, Briz Goloff and Jose Theodore. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. So okay, those so, would be my goalie tandem. So I'm going Kemper Harding. You're going Briz Goloff, Theodore. Yes. Going to be a long season. At Dex Tweets, folks. I'm at... <laughs> Jay Zolgad on Twitter, if you'd like to weigh in, at Dex Tweets. Curious to see what people think about that. Okay, last question. This is fun. One game, Mm -hmm. winner take all, from the all-time wild goaltending list. Now, I I actually took back into account that obviously the four guys that you took out, which were Rolison, Backstrom, Dubnik, Manny Fernandez. But one game, winner takes all, who do you start in goal? This is... A delicious question. And, and I threw it out on Twitter, too. What's so surprising is how much... Usually you get caught up in the moment of what's going on. And I feel like it'd be so easy just to say Dubnik because I've seen him the most current. And yet, when I look at these four guys, I trust him the least. I'm with you. I trust him the least. The eye test to me eliminated him. Yes. and So I'm totally with what you just said. And there was playoff performances that... He did not cause. Can the I issues. give you the poll? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. That's what I've been. That's why I'm stalling. I've got the Twitter poll here okay, because the ma- the masses agree with Judd and Declan. So one game, winner take all. Your choices that I threw out on Twitter were Fernandez, Rollison, Backstrom, Dubnik. Okay. Mm-hmm. The lowest is Dubnik, twelve point one percent would start him. Uh, next at twenty five percent, Manny Fernandez. Next. Dwayne Rollison, 26.2%. Very close. And the leader is Nicholas Backstrom, longtime wild goaltender, 36.7%. So I get that. I think um, Backstrom was the most consistent of those bunch. Rollison and Fernandez, you you were riding the roller coaster of them. They go through peaks where they look great, and then they they would dip, they would dip down. Also, Jacques liked to play them as a tandem for the most part too. Two thousand three so, playoffs, so it was very hard to really gauge who was the number one. I think all things considered, Dwayne Rolson was probably the better goalie. Mm-hmm. But there is moments that Manny Fernandez absolutely stole things for the Wild. You can't pull a goalie when he's hot. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking me for one game, 
I, w- I want it to be Manny Fernandez because that was one of the first players I gravitated towards as a hockey, young hockey fan, and I loved him so. He was a he was an odd duck, my man. But I want that. I kind of want that in my goal. I want a little a odd. I want to see the kid in the net who didn't take the test. And That's what I want to see. And if I'm not mistaken, Jacques Lemaire was his uncle. Yes, um, or godfather or something, or father-in-law. Who, yeah, there was some So are you going connection. with Manny? Yeah, I'm going with Manny. I'm going to go with Manny. I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with Manny Fernandez. Give was, me years. I was tempted there. Here's part of why. Manny Fernandez with a wild. Nine playoff games, 1.96 goals against, 929 save percentage. Great. Okay, so what, what's the problem? There's not a problem. I, I was tempted to do the exact same. But because you did that, because you did that, I, I'm going to pick somebody else. Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to do it, Nick. I can't do that. Yeah. I just can't. I think we all are in agreement on that. You know what? I'm not doing Backstrom. Wow. I will do, if you're going to go with Manny, I'm going to take the flip side of the rotation okay. and go with a guy who helped the Oilers get to the Stanley Cup Finals yeah. after he left here. Mm-hmm. Rolly the goalie, Dwayne Rolison, who won 11 playoff games as a member of the Wild, had a 2.59 GAA, so not as good as Manny's, um, had a 903 save percentage. I I like your choice, and I like it because it's one game. Right. And Fernandez might melt down, but if he's good, he's going to be great. Exactly. That's what but I'm because you went Manny, I'll take somebody else. I will go Dwayne Rolison. We will both fly in the face of what the Twitter poll said, which is they would take Nicholas Backstrom. And I think, look, in a playoff series, I'm probably taking Backstrom, too. In, in a, in a yeah, fantasy a hockey game. rule. But this yeah, is one game. We're this, not playing this is that. Olympic-style gold medal stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I'd go Fernandez. I get the I get the Backstrom hate, or a Backstrom love, excuse me. And the Dubnik thing, like we said, the, I just the, can't do it. the Jake Allen series, not Dubnik's fault. Um, even when the Wild got swept by the Blackhawks in the second round, the second time, for the most part, not Dubnik's fault, but if it's one game, I can't take those fluky goals for one game. Can't do it. I'm and you sorry. know what the thing? He's a good guy, but the but the story of Dubnik's career here is it's never his fault. Oh yeah, but they just don't win those games. Right. All right. Final thoughts. You done? Yeah. Final thoughts. I, I for Devin Dubnik in the playoffs, twenty six games, eight and eighteen. So yeah, I'm not taking him for a. Uh, one game. So that's my final thought. All right. Judd's Hockey Show with Declan is uh, done. We'll be back next week with another poll, I think. I think what we're going to do next week, Dex, I think we should start in on um, five and five. And perhaps this should be two episodes. The five best trades in wild history. And of course, the flip side of that, the five worst trades. I love it. We're done, though. Bash shoot score. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. And right now, you can save when you shop your faves. Just buy six or more participating sale items and save 50 cents each with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.